Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and I'm just watching a seagull sit on top of the roof of a uh, camping lodge um, and then if I move my eye line a little bit I can see the rest of the campsite and I can also see the Devon Hills um, in the background and I'm kind of sat here, it's half past six in the morning, Saturday morning and I'm just watching the campsite slowly start to wake up listen to the sounds of people starting to starting to emerge and start their days from a variety of different forms of of kind of shelter uh, as the seagulls circle um, but I'll tell you more about it as we go along so let's kick off and have a little bit of that twangy guitar <laughs> You might find this difficult to believe with my love of politics and my love of getting wound up about politics and particularly my love of getting wound up about politics about this particular group of um, politicians that make up, um, I, I think governments too. It just seems too organised a word. Um, so maybe we won't use that. This 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 collection, uh, I'm trying to think of what the collection of, um, I know everybody would say rabble, but what is the collection of, politicians like the ones we've got now there must be a there must be a collective for it uh, but I don't know what it is um, I could I could throw a suggestion at you but it it, it probably would be um, obscene um, but I've for somebody who's so all over this I've I'm losing interest in the leadership contest I starting with the fact that I just can't believe we've left ourselves with those two choices but I found I found less and less I've wanted to read anything, or look at anything, or 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 be in any way, shape, or form interested about about what's going on. Um, we obviously had the situation with a. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it gets to something when the person who want who is sort of lined up to present a, a flagship debate, uh, leadership debate, would rather faint than get involved in it. Um, it kind of tells you all you you really need to know, and the 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 level of conversation we're at and where we're going with it at the moment really is is kind of beyond belief. So um, I've got I, th- I think it will be I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I think it will be Liz Truss, um, which you know, I, I, yeah, I, I just I, I mean there's a lot, there's a lot of time to go yet, but you know maybe we are maybe we are only four and a bit weeks off off that possibility but just everything about it you know I, I should be over the moon actually that they're ripping chunks out of each other and you know probably doing as much as they possibly can to ensure they're not in government um, very shortly and for quite a long time but it's just there's something about it that's leaving me very very cold <laughs> posted a picture on Instagram today uh, of an umbrella um, and just a little line that said 25 years ago today it rained, which it did. Um, and the reason I know that is because 25 years ago today um, uh, Alison and I got married. So uh, that obviously make, gives us our, well, puts us on our silver wedding anniversary, which is, which is weird. It's weird for a lot of reasons. One, I just don't feel old enough to have been married for that amount of time. 
Um, but then again, I don't feel old enough to be 51, so I don't think there's anything unusual there, and that's not something I'm saying that's... It's one of those things that everybody says it. Everybody says, I don't feel the age I am, or I don't feel old enough to be doing the thing I'm doing now because it's somehow some too responsible or it's somehow not the kind of thing that somebody like me does and, and I feel very very much that way about the whole concept of a of a silver wedding um, which is probably why it's been a really normal day we haven't done anything particularly special um, we've not been out anywhere we did go away over the weekend we went out we went to Scarborough uh, and stayed away for a, a night over the weekend and, and managed to get to um, the theatre, which was which was really nice, and I'm going to come on to that um, in, in a bit. Um, but in terms of the whole the whole 25th anniversary thing, it's just yeah, it just seemed a little bit seems almost otherworldly. Like there's a collection of of cards, um, and boy, there's something special about a 25th wedding anniversary card. Um, obviously, they involve a lot of silver. A lot of them are light grey for some bizarre reason. Um, and um, if the day itself wasn't slightly traumatic, then then the cards that accompany it are... In fact, there's something about cards that are traumatic. Um, there's something about greetings cards that are so on the nose. Um, and so, I mean, even the classy ones are a little bit garish. And there aren't many classy ones, if I'm being perfectly honest. And And the way they proclaim what they're for is, you know, if, if in any way, shape or form you do have an issue with your birthday or have an issue with the event that's being celebrated, then the card that arrives through the door is not going to help you. Um, and even if even if you do want to get involved in the particular thing, I don't think you can be as involved in a 25th wedding anniversary as, as the 25th wedding anniversary card thinks you should be. Because they are, they are proper, full-on, you know, blare of trumpets. That's what today's all about. Um, there's no hiding from it. Um, so it's kind of hard. Um, the greeting card industry makes it quite hard for you to have a passive involvement with whatever it is that you are recognising. They absolutely want you to celebrate it and celebrate it with some vigour uh, and be very brash about the way you celebrate it. But that's that's greetings cards. I, it it make, makes it very difficult to get a greetings card for somebody if you're kind of... I mean, we've talked about valentine's cards and, and and i don't do i don't do that kind of mushy sort of you know over sentimental card so it's quite difficult therefore particularly on the 25th wedding anniversary to get the kind of card that you would want to give to somebody just to say well it's that day you know we've 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 done all right um but but what we're having for lunch kind of thing um i think i managed it um the card i got for allison simply said um chin up tits out onwards which is kind of you know i think that's a good way to look at it i think you've got to 25 i think it's all right but it's not the end is it you don't want to give up at this point um um not on marriage i suppose but also just not on being so uh, in fact probably primarily not on being um so you know kind of recognize it but but don't spend too long really um that probably sounds a bit heartless, doesn't it? Uh, if it sounds heartless, I'm, I apologise for that. I just, I don't, I don't really know how to deal with the twenty fifth wedding anniversary. Uh, but then again, I suppose you don't know how to deal with any of these things when they come along, um, particularly if you're not prepared for them. But yes, twenty five years to go, uh, ago today, it it rained um, in the middle of a a glorious July. Um, the heavens opened, 
um, and and the, you know that that was just the day really and and it's it's what we got and it was absolutely fine and it's actually quite nice having your wedding photos with umbrellas on them not that I've looked at them for a while or even know where they are um, in fact that is a good point where is a wedding album I'm sure it'll turn up at some point not that I really want to see it uh, if I'm being honest I think I've rambled enough about today uh, let's move on <laughs> We lost Bernard Cribbins today. Um, and, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, Bernard Cribbins fits into the national treasure category. There's no there's no other way of looking at it. But he's one of those actors that is very much part of your childhood or was part of my childhood. And I think when you lose an actor who did a lot of work in film and TV aimed around kids, then um, it's, a, it's a kind of a, a, a real sense of loss um when you know when he passes away um i mean he did some serious work and i mean you know you've only got to look at him in things like you know faulty towers uh, i mean he was incredible uh, when he appeared later in his career in in doctor who but there's a lot of bernard cribbin stuff that is you know on the money and in you know in all the right places that you can look at as a kind of a not a mature actor's body of work because that would be unfair on people who do work on kids in fact often a lot of the kids stuff is 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 very high quality and the you know the performances and the work is very very good but there's something about people who work in that space that yes it becomes a deep part of you as i say your your psyche when you're a child but also it's looked down on a little bit as well but he was one of those actors that you know popped up in everything when you were a kid and if it was either that he was either the films you were watching um, you know, and and because he did a lot of fids, films that would, you know, have been watched through the sort of you know the late seventies and through the eighties, as I say, all the TV programmes, you know, he was on. Um, he just he was just one of those those faces, um, and and for him to have, you know, I, I think it was all expected. We've not heard from him for a while. He was ninety three, um, and he, and the last time I saw him on anything, he looked he, he did look quite frail. But um, what a just what a fantastic individual, fantastic human being. What a fantastic, you know, way he had of, uh, of of kind of articulating himself and putting himself out there, and just you know reassuring, just just a reassuring um, sort of sort of person. Um, and as it happens, it, it, tremendous. In, I mean, I've I, I was a big a big fan of Doctor Who, um, and I'm talking about kind of the, the reboot now. Um, yes, the you know it, it was part of my youth growing up as well, but the the reboot, the, the particularly the work that Russell T Davies has done on it, has been absolutely superb. And I'm a big big fan of the David Tennant Doctor Who, and some of the some of the acting in that, some of the drama in that, some of the way that moved you. You know, was incredible, and and the the pretty much the double header that um, Tennant and Bernard Cribbins did, um, uh, which was which was one of the last episodes before the the Doctor's change, before um, David Tennant bowed out, was absolutely fantastic, really, really, really superb, to bring that kind of life to a character that Cribbins did, 
uh, and to bring the frailty to the character that that Tennant did. Um, I think the frailty and then anger, actually, um, anger at the fact that you know it, it, the situation had turned out in the way it had, was 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 just really really top draw, um, really really top draw. So um, you know e- e- even if that, I'm not saying that was the the crowning point of his career by any stretch because he had a, a, a varied and, and rich, um, you know, career. And but but those little things you just reflect back on and go, yeah, that was that was a really that was a piece of t- television that I remember and recall and moved me. You know, um, it might not have been the most highbrow piece of TV, but it was a piece of real drama that that, that really touched me. So um, goodbye to to Bernard. Thursday. I mentioned that we went to Scarborough last weekend, uh, which was a really last-minute uh, thing. We managed to get a, a, a room in a hotel called the Bike and Boot or the Boot and Bike, whatever it's it's called, which is really nice actually. Kind of fairly hipster kind of hotel, um, just down near the Grand Hotel actually, um, and, and that was that was very very nice. And it was very, very pleasant. We had a long walk on on the Saturday, but the the, the kind of um, it all seemed to drop into place. Um, we spent our honeymoon in Filey, um, years and years and years, obviously twenty five years ago, and um, in a house called a hotel called the Downcliff House. And um, we had hoped to go back there, but that actually has been converted, we think, into flats. It's not open as a hotel anyway at the moment. Um, and we managed to find a, a, a place in in Scarborough. Um, and the reason we'd gone, we'd gone to Farley, we had five days in Farley, and we'd gone to Farley because we kind of wanted to go to America for our honeymoon, and uh, A, we couldn't afford it um, after the, the, the cost of the wedding, and B, we felt after the wedding we probably, you know, wanted a little bit of a, a rest, and the thought of going to America, which for me, we have, well, would have been for the first time, uh, and, and arriving there so exhausted that you you sort of slept for the first few days it felt like a waste so we did, did we did America on our first anniversary um, and we had a few days at the coast of Farley and one of the things that we did was we went to the uh, theatre uh, we saw a play um, called The Things We Do For Love I think it was what it was called I'm guessing now uh, I'll clarify next week I've got it wrong but I'm guessing it was called that um, and we saw that at the Stephen Joseph Theatre and we managed to get to the Stephen Joseph Theatre again um, this weekend, just gone to see um, a, a very interesting adaptation of uh, Noel Coward's Brief Encounter, uh, which was one of those things that was done quite stylized and with a lot of humour and with music running through it, uh, which was really interesting actually. It it worked very well first act because as the relationship was was had a lightness about it, it that worked very well with the fact it, it you know the, the juxtaposition with um, with with the humour with the other characters and, and, and the music worked really, really well. I think second act where obviously it gets more dramatic and the, and, uh, and, and, and sort of, um, you know, there's not other way, other way of putting it actually, but I mean, it, it, it moves on. The, the story becomes sadder and it becomes slightly darker. Then that didn't, the foil of the humour didn't seem to work. You, you were going from humour to... Um, to a, to a much deeper situation and back again and the peaks and troughs weren't as easy to deal with as they were in the first act particularly because the best scene in it 
which was a fantastic um, kind of almost piece of slapstick uh, involving you know, trombone and a tuba um, was set against a, a quite a dark scene next and, and they, they seemed to jar against each other a little bit but certainly a, a very good evening uh, and, a, and a wonderful opportunity to spend time at the Stephen Joseph Theatre and it's one of those places it's a real special place for me it's a, an old um, cinema I don't know if it's a cinema or a bingo hall um, that I think was called The Futurist um, so probably and thinking about the shape it probably was a cinema um, and it lovingly converted and it was it's the, you know um, it was the passion of Alan Akebourne um, and it's a, an incredible location and every time we've spent any time in Scarborough we've tried to go uh, it's a really nice small very you know it's very intimate um, but a wonderful building um, and just a, a credit um, to, to what you can do if you you know if you have the passion for something then you can you can end up with something like that because it really is a it's a credit um, to him and it's a credit to the town um, and I, I mean I love the theatre anyway, but to have such an individual and unique theatre as that, um, you know, is is joyful. So if you get a chance, if you find yourself anywhere near Scarborough, then then pay a visit to the Steam Joseph Theatre because it is it is truly remarkable. And of course, the other thing about the theatre is that it's where Richard Hawley shot the album cover for Cole's Corner, uh, which is a really really special album for me. I'm a big Richard Hawley fan. And, and that's a, a you know that's that's kind of easy's breakthrough album. That's the one that he was nominated for the Mercury for. Um, well, one of the two he was nominated for Mercury for, but that was the first one. And that that um, that picture on the front cover, that's actually the uh, the Stephen Joseph. So that place, that very iconic location in Sheffield, which doesn't actually exist um, anymore, um, as was, um, that's that's kind of brought to life by the, the Stephen Joseph, which I thought always thought was a you know a nice a nice kind of link. Um and the and, and again it's just every time I see that album cover I think about that theatre and, and how how you know how special that theatre is. Certainly, you know, for me and I for manage I imagine for a lot of other people. <laughs> I've not stayed in Devon for years and years and years. I've passed through it a lot. Uh, we've, we've stayed a, a hell of a lot in Cornwall. So I passed through this little this little bit of Devon on the way down. It's one of those counties that you pass through in a line on the way down, um, you know, um, as you get sort of past Bristol and then down that small piece of, that small piece of land where the, the, the counties just seem to be in blocks that you count through. Um, so I... I I don't really know what to to expect. I mean, obviously, it's quite it's very Cornwall esque as you'd expect because of you know where it is geographically. Um, but the rest of it, I'm not quite quite sure. So where I'm sat at the moment, we're we're about two miles from Dawlish, um, and we kind of we've got the estuary as I as I sort of where I'm sat now. The estuary is kind of behind me, and the coast is kind of to the left. Um, now I don't know what the river is. I'm guessing it's the X. I don't know if that's correct. Whether it's got a different name, and the only reason I'm guessing that is because across the other side of the estuary is uh, the estuary is X, Exmouth, Exmouth, uh, which would be the thing that would lead me to believe it's called the X. But that might be a total nonsense. So I'll find out and let you know. Um, and then we've got, as I say, we've got Dawlish down on the coast, 
uh, within walking distance and then Tenmouth's just round the coast and the the rail line the west coast main line runs right along the edge of the estuary and right really butt tight to the coast um, so we probably will try and jump on a train and see if there's a local train we can go around the coast and just get a feel for that. I know um, it, it's it's quite dramatic the way it sweeps into Tenmouth because I stayed in Tenmouth years and years and years ago when I was about sort of, um, you know, nine or ten. So, but I do distinctly remember the trains coming round the bend almost like magic um, because you couldn't, from a distance, you couldn't see the railway line and all you could see was the edge of the, you know, of the, the cliff. Um on the horizon then a train would whiz round and it was like oh, where, well, that's magic where did that come from and and of course that's that's a memory that when i get there it might not look like that but that's how i remember it so be interesting to see if that's that's you know if my if my mind has has, has conjured up a, an image that isn't actually true so i'll i'll come back to you and tell you i'll try and get out and about and record and and, and find out a little bit more about where i am and merge that with the bits I can remember. Obviously, we've got Torquay down here. That's, you know, that's we're in Faulty Towers countries, or even mentioned this morning. Um, we've got painting around here. It's an interesting bit of coastline, as I say, I know very little about. So, um, and of course, I've got to deal with that whole jam and cream thing with the concept of the jam being in between the scone and the, you know, and the and the cream or whatever it is. It's I think it's scone cream jam here, which just seems wrong um so that's something i can be persuaded on uh while i'm while i'm, I'm out and about so i'm i'm just about to go for a run uh try and work out where the hell i can run uh, i might actually take the car and nip to dawlish and see if i can run along the estuary just to get a little bit more idea of the of, of the locale if you run back i think i would i think if i ran back towards exeter i would go through uh cockmouth uh, which has got to be worth doing. Let's let's face it. Um, and then I think I would arrive at Starcross. Um, so I think as a little, I think a little run Dawlish to Cockmouth to Starcross and back might be might be something worth trying. Uh, I'll finish my tea and I'll give that a go. Uh, and I'll speak to you next week. Ap- apologies for the for the lack of politics. Probably lack of politics for a while, as I'm so disengaged with. Uh, the nonsense that's going on, but at least there's 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 a new place, there's new surroundings um, to to fire the imagination, uh, and and I'll see what I I'll just see what I stumble across really. Uh, take care, and I'll speak to you next week. and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.